Welcome on in, everybody, to the Smash Mouth Football Podcast. It is I, your host, Gavin. I got here with me, Chris McGuire. Um, today we got some we got some coaches to talk about. Get a little bit off our chest. Talk about you know guys that maybe on the hot seat should be on the hot seat. Uh, guys that may not make it through the season if there are any. Um, yeah, so that's that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, Chris, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, you know, uh, we got through uh, the whole upgrading the next situation. And apparently, uh, even though the Giants upgraded next, they did not upgrade heads. Uh, Mike Glenn has a concussion. Uh, and that's all I really want to talk about when it comes to the Giants as of now. Uh, I was going sure to say, we'll that's not the Joe only Judge. thing we're going to talk about. As yeah. Far as the Giants uh, go. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Doing uh, doing good. I won some money yesterday. That was fun. Um, so, uh, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good in my life, for yeah. the most part. Yeah. Other than the Giants. Uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. But replaced Giants with Panthers, and we somehow lost the bye week. Somehow, I don't. You know, I figured this would be a week without disappointment. But you know, it's funny though. Like, I feel like I maybe, maybe it's just the Twitter people that I'm exposed to, but I feel like I'm somewhat in the minority of the, of the Panthers fans that are unhappy with the Joe Brady firing. Um, Cause, and do you feel like that's just because a lot of people see um, a terrible team and then go, everybody needs to be fired. And then the first person to blame is the offensive coordinator, kind of like with Jason Garrett. Yeah. Uh, where granted get well, Jason Garrett. Garrett deserved it way more. Yeah. <laughs> or, or um, period. Yeah. Yeah. I I will say Joe Brady. I think there is. I I think there is a what's the word for it? Um, merit. No, I don't want to say merit. Uh, oh God, I can't think of the word right now. But uh, I think there's definitely some cause for concern when it comes to him, and like definitely some reasons to be upset at him. But yet again, you see what he's working with. Like, yeah, he has weapons. Cool. That's that's great. Uh, but he has legitimately like what like a bottom five offensive line in the NFL. His who the Panthers for the past half decade have tried revolving their offense around is Christian McCaffrey. And he's in and out of the lineup, uh, which I don't know if part of me feels like. That's not necessarily Joe Brady. I feel like that's the doing of like Matt Rule and like, you know, just they just see Christian McCaffrey as a whole in that organization as somebody who needs to be fed. And Joe Brady, given how good he is at creating opportunities for him, just gave in, I guess. I don't know. I mean, he's not the head coach. He can't really decide what he wants to do necessarily. Uh, but um, I don't know. I think there. I feel like he's just kind of the. I don't want to go on too much of the tangent. I feel like I've already taken too too long explaining Joe Brady, but I feel like he was the scapegoat. That's exactly how I thought. I felt. I felt like this was a. You know, we can segue this into Matt Rule. I mean, because that's just obviously he's going to be a topic. So might as well knock him out the way. Um, it's a scapegoat. It's all it is. Teddy Bridgewater was a scapegoat last year. Um, Darnold kind of was this year, even though that was his idea. Um. And then, but Joe Brady's the main scapegoat this year. It's like um, anybody but Matt Rule's fault. And so I feel like this maybe buys him another year. Like, oh, let's see what I can do without Joe Brady or whatever. But the concerning shit that really makes me mad is the whole, the narrative that Matt Rule's trying to push. Like, I stepped out of my comfort zone hiring Joe Brady. And that you know we just need to get back on track um you know we decided to part ways or fundamental differences blah 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 blah. citing several times that he wants to run the ball more um if that's what you're you're looking at this offense and thinking that the solution is to run the football more i don't i don't get it I, i don't i don't understand um i don't really know and i tweeted this and i'll say it again just for emphasis i don't know what a lot of Panthers fans or people in general expected Joe Brady to do with Sam Darnold and possibly arguably the worst offensive line in Panthers history. I mean, it's, it is absolutely atrocious outside of Taylor Moten. 
at right tackle, every single other person on that line is below replacement level. They're that garbage. They're so bad. Um, we we literally look like the Bengals and the Dolphins of last year. It's that terrible. Um, so there's just not much you can do. Now, where I do give Joe Brady flack is it was his idea to bring in Teddy Bridgewater. So, I mean, that that alone, because he worked with them in New Orleans, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, we're talking about Matt Rule. To be fair, to be fair, if you are making your decision of who should be the starter of your, like, like from somebody outside the organization, like it's different if like they already had Teddy Bridgewater and it was like a battle between like Teddy Bridgewater and PJ Walker or whatever. He should have a stay there. You should not take uh, advice from your offensive coordinator on who your uh, who your quarterback should be from outside the organization. Like you, you, like he should not be like, hey, we should trade for Teddy Bridgewater, and then you listen. Yeah, like, I, I feel mean, like that's giving that's him. A, I feel like that's giving him like way too much leeway. Like if like if you if that's your idea and you go to him and he's like, yeah, sure, well, yeah, I think that could work. That's different. I feel like legitimately having your offensive coordinator in charge of like ideas on who the quarterback should be from outside the organization and trading for who. That's especially for his first time being an offensive coordinator. That's kind of a lot. That's kind of a lot to ask of him. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I just, I think the whole idea is Matt Rule is trying to ride this wave of the whole culture building. And that's been his mantra since he started. Like I, you know, I rebuilt this temple program. I rebuilt, you know, this Baylor program. I'm going to come in and rebuild the Panthers. It's like what you're, what you did in college may have worked in college. Um, on like not so big schools, especially Temple, it's not going to work in the NFL. You can't just good five your way to a winning record. Like you need a good quarterback. You need to not run the ball 30 to 33 times. Like he just arbitrarily said it needs to, ha- I don't know. Anyway, I'm not going to drone on and on and on about Matt rule, but yeah, we'll, we'll um, get to him it, a little bit more. Yeah. I think, I think just at the end of the day, he is one of the guys that should be on the hot seat um, and should be fired yesterday, but I don't believe, I think he'll get another season. Unfortunately, uh, I think Tepper um, will most likely give him another season. Um, although I would not be surprised. I think it's actually a 50, 50. I would not be surprised at all if he gets canned this off season, depending on how they perform down the stretch. Yeah. I guess, I guess we could just, yeah, I guess we'll just say our opinions. I think, I think there is a shot that he is fired. I think that the fact of the matter is, is that they fired Joe Brady. And and it's not like Joe Brady, like Joe Brady is at least like shown that he can be a good offensive coordinator in the league. Like he like Teddy Bridgewater for all of his faults last year, he was 15th in uh, composite EPA and completion percentage over expectation last year. Grant didn't lead to a lot of points, but it's also Teddy Bridgewater, so take that with a grain of salt. Um, they, I mean, everybody was riding home about Sam Darnold and calling him like it fucking uh, Teddy Bradshaw was calling him the best quarterback in franchise history after three games when they started three and on like his box score numbers were like pretty solid. Like Joe Brady gave the public the perception that Sam Darnold might be good. That's impressive in its own right and i'm not i'm not trying to ride home about joe brady he definitely disappointed me a little bit i think and i i alluded to earlier i think he i think he made cmc and i mean other ocs with cmc have done this before uh he's not the only one to do it but he made him way too way too big of a part of the offense to where cmc is not there the offense seems seemingly implodes and I don't know if that's on rule because you've like you've said it, you've alluded to it. Rule just wants to run the ball more apparently when they're doing uh, uh, when they're not winning. So maybe like maybe rules the one going in Joe Brady's head like, oh, we need to use CMC more. We need to use CMC more. But, you know, I don't know. I hope that's not I hope that is the case. And Joe Brady can go somewhere. Maybe he can go to. Cincinnati and go with Joe Burrow again and we can see exactly what his offense is like without being held back by the constraints of Matt Rule or maybe Joe Brady is not 
and OC for the cut out for the NFL. But either way, we know Matt Rule isn't cut out for this. We've seen it. We've he is the same record as Joe Judge right now, and everybody knows Joe Judge isn't it. Uh, well, not I everybody. Don't, not everybody, I guess. But um, <laughs> do you think that the firing of Joe Brady at all means that Matt Rule feels the fire underneath him and he his needs seat is to, hot? It, he needs to at least feel like now there's – what other excuse is there, right? Unless the scapegoat yeah. then is Cam Newton, which if Cam Newton starts playing poorly, then it's like, all right. But then, it, but then at, the, at a certain point, that falls back on the coach. You've had three different quarterbacks under your tenure – that have all failed. You've all you've been the one to sign them as the head coach. At what point is it Matt Rule's fault? And I feel like Dave Tepper's not an idiot. Um, and I hope that he can make that decision, swallow his pride, and just admit that he made the wrong hire. Um, I, I don't, you know, it's not. You're not too deep into this. I, I think it's. I think it's very obvious um, that Matt Rule's just not not an NFL head coach. But anyway. Um, I guess we can, we'll, we'll move on. Do you, do you want to do talk about Joe judge or do we want to like actually go up? Wait, well, well, let's go, let's go up the board. Let's go up the board. Go so, the like, uh, yeah. Yeah. So start like Dan Campbell got his, yeah. yeah. Dan Campbell got his first win. Excited for him. I mean, I'm not cause he lost me money, but it's fine. You know, it, it, it's cool. I, I called, I called lines money line two weeks ago this week. He decides to win a game just a week after I, Decide I'm, and I'm gonna call my shot in the show that the Lions are gonna win, and you know I'm bitter. But let's talk about him. Let's talk about him. Should he be on the hot seat? I think you and I both agree that he's he's definitively not going anywhere, uh, at least not after this year. But yeah, yeah. Should he be on the hot seat? I personally, I I'm gonna say no. And though I don't like him, I don't think he's gonna end up a good coach. I think. I think the way that he's had this roster with with all the constraints that he has had with this offense and I mean the whole team really the defense is horrendous as well. This is a horrific team. I think you kind of like the way that they've been in games despite being 110 and 1, what a terrible record to even say out loud. Holy shit. 110 and 1. Um it's just ugly to look out at that tie. Um I think he does. I think he deserves a year two. Uh, now my question is: is like, should the Lions feel that way? Because like, I personally like, I would like to cut. I would like to cut him loose because I personally don't think he's gonna, gonna be anything special. But I, I'm talking him up and keeping them in games, uh, so I could at least understand why the Lions would keep him. My question is: is they're gonna have a lot of first round draft picks? Do we trust him being the head coach to deal with those draft picks? That's that's where my concern really is. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, they hired him for a reason. And mm-hmm. I don't think that he's given his situation. I don't think he has done enough to prove that the Lions were wrong in hiring him based on their preconceived idea of what yeah. Dan Campbell was going to be. So... Well, I don't think he was a great hire to begin with. Um, whatever the Lions thought he was going to be, he hasn't done enough to disprove them. So I, I feel like he probably gets another go at it. Um, if anything else, the Lions players, I don't know if, I don't know if this translates to the field. Um, but after that win, those are probably the, the happiest motherfuckers I've ever seen in my life on that field. I mean, and like, they were so ha- they were so happy for him. Dude, Jared Goff came over and gave Dan Campbell a huge hug. Like, they were all so happy for Dan Campbell. I think everyone was happy for Dan Campbell. I mean, like, regardless of what you think I as, like, a football guy. I wasn't. I wasn't happy at all. Oh, I'm sorry. Well. A week too fucking late. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> but, like, it was a feel-good story. There was, like, this terrible football team. Dan Campbell's, like, crying after losses, like, and he finally got a win against a team that he really shouldn't have. I mean, the Vikings are like considerably better, but anyways, they beat him, and I don't know. Um, so I feel like at least the players want to play for this dude at this point. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, and that's 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 what I was trying to get at. And I might have yeah. not articulated it very well, but I feel like the players love him and nobody expected him to win this year anyway. So with that said, let's see what it is in year two. Did you did you say like did you see um that stat where uh Ben Baldwin posts this thing is like teams that are going for it on fourth down um when they're supposed to the most often and the lions are number one. Do you think that's just like more or less because they're down so much, they're going for it more often. And that just happens to be the right decision. <laughs> did it have a, uh, did it have a win probability factor? It, it, it? They take out the last 30 seconds of the game. That's, or like, that's it. It did. It I, wasn't like between, uh, cause I know Ben Baldwin, he likes to like cut out anywhere between like, if you have between zero and like 19% winning percentage, or winning probability, I should say, uh, it won't count towards the stat. He likes to keep it between like twenty and eighty. Yeah, um, I can I can find it in like two seconds. But yeah, I, regardless, I, I think like at least there's that. I I don't know again like how much of that is because they're just down so much or, or like I was here it is. Um, it's gain and win probability at least one percentage point at least five opportunities. Um, excluding the final 30 seconds of the game, win probability greater than 20%. Yeah. So he's, he's, so he's doing it in situations where he doesn't even have to, technically. Yeah. He, he's he's number one, even higher than Stefanski. Granted, he's only he's done it nine times. Um, but the rate at which he's making those decisions is higher than like the likes of the Browns, the Cardinals, well, everybody. But um, yeah, and all the way at the very end is Bill Belichick. But anyways... Um, so, so you're telling me Dan Campbell is better than Bill Belichick? That's exactly what I'm telling you. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So no way can we fire this guy. So <laughs> no way. Okay. Anyways, let, let's move on to Jags. Urban Meyer. Yes. Fire him yet tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So the obvious answer is that he should be fired. I mean, no way can like, I mean, obviously like this is. We had Trevor Lawrence at what, like rank 26 or so going into the year uh, as a group. Uh, we don't have to talk about our individual rankings. I thought that that ranking altogether was way too high. But anyway, I'm uh, not going to toot my own horn because I have some questionable rankings as well. But um, he's made Trevor Lawrence look similar to... Um, but why am I blanking on his name? Who's the how am I blanking on his name? The quarterback for the Texans that they just drafted. Uh, Davis I, Mills. Davis Mills. Yeah, they they've <laughs> he's made Trevor Lawrence look similar to Davis Mills, and then no no stratosphere should not even be possible with all the talent that that Trevor Lawrence has, and and it doesn't get better either. Like every week, it's the same shit over and over and over again, and I just don't know when it's gonna end. Like, like Urban Meyer is doing like extreme harm to the uh, to Jacksonville Jaguars. And my hope was that Notre Dame would hire him because, uh, I mean, Urban Meyer is not that head coach. Uh, he, he when it comes to college, I was about to say that's quite the take. Um, but. He's obviously not cut, uh, cut out for the NFL. And now all the like bigger. uh like the biggest college opening right now, if I'm not mistaken, I think is Oregon. And I don't see him leaving for Oregon. What about like, Oklahoma? Like, Oklahoma, they just signed uh, uh, Brett Venable from uh, the defense coordinator for uh, Clemson. Oh, so there's I, no, about there's, I heard about the Notre Dame dude, but I didn't hear about Oklahoma. Yeah, there's no big, there's no big enough college opportunity for Urban Meyer anymore. Like USC got taken up, Notre Dame, like every every place where Urban Meyer was hypothetically going to go, it's gone. It's gone now. So Urban Meyer's here to stay, and that's not good because hopefully it's not up to him. I just I don't see them moving on from him. They they signed him this long for a reason, but you know. And well, yeah, the owner's not really a great owner either. Was it Shad Khan or something like that? And he's he's never yeah. They're they're wrestling promoters. They they own AEW. Like they're not they're not they're not cut out for like football. They don't know what they're doing. They the fact that they've like 
they'll have like two home games a year in London tells you everything they need to know. Like they legitimately want to play in London and lose two home games. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. But makes no sense. But uh, one one guy one guy I'm very interested in. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm actually skipping over one of the Texans and David Coley. Did you see the news? That apparently, uh, Casario he he's he would not guarantee David Coley is staying. I mean, I mean that's weird, but good. I mean, David Coley should never been hired in the first place. That that's that's what know, that's what. That's what I'm saying. Like, what was the point of bringing in Nick Casario, who I personally don't like? I don't, I don't understand the, like the whole Nick Casario signing either, just because I the Patriot way too many. Thing. Yeah, there's way too many Patriot GMs that like that get hired and coaches that get hired who prove that everything is just Bill. Um, yeah. but Nap, I digress Patricia, on that. Joe Judge or the rest. Yes. Um, uh, Bob, Bob Quinn. Bill, like, it's was Bill O'Brien part of that. Was he uh, Bill, uh, technically, yeah. I mean, he he was. Yeah, I mean, not. To, he went to. He went to Penn State, and then I think he. Was, I might have my timeline mixed up. I believe he left the Patriots, went to Penn State, and then got hired from Penn State to Texas to Houston, or it might be the other way around. I don't know. Uh, too lazy to research right now. But David Coley <laughs> is sixty-six years old. Yeah. And he's made some of the dumbest decisions. Like I remember early on, there was that fourth down, like instead of taking, instead of accepting like the offsides to get a first down, like he declined it and punted or some stupid shit like that. I, I Or it was something. It got like, extremely but, close to the first down. Yeah. It would have, it would have been like fourth and one or something like that. Right. And, but he instead he punted anyway, like he accepted it and then punted it. It was something r- ridiculous. And he was like, uh, you know, I, we were just trying to get field position, blah, blah, blah. But like, the idea that, you know, take away all the Deshaun Watson legal stuff just for the moment. I'm not saying discount it, but if you wanted back back before all that was out in the open, the whole process of like fucking over Deshaun Watson and just hiring some 66 year old dude that no one even thought was a candidate for a head coaching job. Like, I don't even like why was he hired? And then, you know, that that put a huge rift in your relationship with your franchise star quarterback. It's just, and then he's not even a good candidate. It's not like, I don't know. I just, it doesn't make any sense. And so, yeah, you should not have a job come next season, but the, I don't. the best offensive coordinator alive, if they're 66 years old and they've never had a coach, a head coaching opportunity, you shouldn't hire them to be your head coach. They're 66 years old. This isn't this isn't Bel- Bill Belichick where like if he if he got cut today despite him being like well into his 60s somebody should hire him. This is a guy who you have no idea how good he's going to be and you have such a minute amount of time to even find that out. And this is such a bad roster to where what was even the fucking point? I I guess like Maybe they just hired him just because they knew they were going to end up firing him anyway. Maybe it's like a Jim Tom Sula situation with the 49ers where they kind of just needed a year and they just wanted to suck anyway. They just fire him after a year so that way they can hire a better candidate or supposedly better candidate in uh, in uh, Jim Kelly. Not Jim Kelly. What the Why would they just like uh, hire from within and have the interim guy? Like, I, I don't know. I don't get it. Like. When we when we fired Dave Gettleman, like as our GM, we promoted Marty Herney from within, right? And who had been the GM in the past too, because that makes sense. But so if you're gonna have like an interim dude that you're just gonna have as like a bridge coach or a bridge GM, why, why, why hire from the outside like some 66 year old dude? Why not take a swing on like a? Uh, it's obvious that the dudes with the highest upside are like coordinators of some of some kind that are like in offensive coordinators that have had some kind of success, like in their thirties. Like, I don't understand why hiring us, like you said, you said a billion times, a 66 year old dude, never been a head coach, never had any kind of like successful offense. Like what, what, what is this guy's resume? I don't even remember why he was hired. He was, he was a wide receiver coach and like he was a wide receiver coach during the season, like for the chiefs where they didn't have a single wide receiver touchdown. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, I, what are what are we doing here? 
it doesn't it, it's amazing um but yeah i guess move on we don't need to That's enough talk about David Culley, i guess but all right so so new york jets robert sala this dude's job is safe he he's there's no way they're moving on from him he was a good hire to begin with granted a defensive hire which i'm not a huge fan of but i feel like you know they're okay. still working through a rookie quarterback would you, you feel otherwise I mean, I think he's safe. My question is, is like, how is it that you are such a apparently like genius defensive coordinator, right? And I get it. The personnel is not good. Not good whatsoever. They are 32nd in defensive EPA. And it's not even close. It's not even fucking close. Like every everybody who goes against this uh, defense, they legitimately look like a top five offense in the NFL. And I get it; it's a bad it's bad personnel. But one, you would expect a good coach to at least get the defense to get better over the year. Like the like the Chiefs, for example, and obviously they have more talent than the Jets. Their defense started off like one of the worst defenses in NFL history, and then Steve Spagnola. They're getting better every week. They are playing like a top five defense in the NFL right now. And I'm not asking that of the Jets. But how is it that is it supposed to be a defensive-minded head coach who is supposed to be one of the best, one of the brightest, and every week it's the same shit over and over and over again? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Like They should at least be hovering around average or at least a little bit below average. If if this is like this, this, this guy is supposed to be your. Like, We're showing savior. signs of improvement, right? Like, yeah, yeah they're, I, they're I doing know. nothing. Yeah, I, like the Eagles just trounced him with Gardner Minshew, a quarterback. Like they ran for like 200 yards or whatever it was against him. Like, hell, Sam Darnold beat him. Um, like it just yeah, I, I agree. Uh, but like you said, I mean, it's the first year. I don't know. I, I feel like. He's a young enough guy that you can give him another year or so just to at least give him a shot with maybe make a couple draft picks. I mean, they have two, they have two first round currently top 10 picks, which I doubt that's going anywhere. So, I mean, we'll see what they do in a defensive heavy class. I think, you know, and maybe you'll get some development out of Zach Wilson. So, um, yeah, no, that's, that's all you can hope for though. Really? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I I definitely wouldn't just fire him after a year, but this is his seat should definitely at least be hot. Like he should like they, he should know like going into next year, like, dude, you legitimately are supposed to be the guy in terms of you were you were the best defensive play caller in the NFL. Uh was it last year or two years ago, uh per PFF? Pretty sure it was uh, last year. Like the, the year that yeah, before he got hired, he was uh, on the Niners. Yeah. Like it was really so, good. So, I don't know. Uh, he's he's got to know like this is this is supposed to be. That's the one thing that you guys are supposed to be decent at, or at least you know improving over the year. And it's, that's just not happening. But you know, uh, not firing him. Uh, next, I I I can't. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you this one. You, you, I cannot fucking wait. <laughs> Pete Carroll, the four and eight Seattle Seahawks. I just got to ask, like, what the fuck happens if the 2012 and 2013 draft classes don't happen? I think Pete Carroll's back in college like five years ago. Like, let's just let's just talk about that that draft class real quick. The 2012. uh or was it 2011? Let's see. Let's let's talk about this draft. Well, they got like Sherman right Chancellor and Earl Thomas and Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner all within like those few years. I mean, it was absurd. Yeah, yeah. If they, and and nothing schematically, like nothing schematically on either side of the ball. It's a it was a run first offense that would not allow your all pro quarterback get hot or wouldn't let him cook and um your defense ran cover three every play 
There's nothing creative on either side of the ball. The only thing that Pete Carroll has ever had going for him is the fact that he's enthusiastic. There's nothing else. There's nothing. Legitimately, they are in a situation that is perfect right now for him to have like an excuse to say, oh, we can't run the ball because we're getting down too much. And he's still like his emphasis after every game is say, oh, we got to fucking we got to establish a run. We got to establish a run. Not only like is it because they're bad, but also like Chris Carson's out for the season with a neck injury. But instead of like passing it more with Russell Wilson, granted, he's been hurt, but. Instead, your solution is to run the ball with like Alex Collins and DJ Dallas and Travis Homer or Adrian Peterson, who you've now signed. Like, I don't, I, I, I don't know, dude. This dude should have been fired a long time ago. I've been saying he's been, well, every, everyone with a brain's been saying that he's been keeping Russell Wilson in a fucking prison for years. I mean, the whole let Russ cook thing only existed because Pete Carroll refused to let his all pro quarterback throw the football more than 20 times a game they went 12 and 4 last year with uh russell wilson throwing 40 touchdown passes and he fired his offensive coordinator because they were passing the ball too much <laughs> and now look like, like what the fuck like and you're, I, and we're seeing now like draft class after draft class like it, like there like there are things that coaches like and i'll get to this with joe judge in a minute like there are things that Head coaches need to be good at like like you have to be able to add something, and Carroll one does not have good draft classes. He does he he gave up two first round him and the GM. Uh, to be fair, not not to not to put it all on Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll is part of it. Gave up two first rounders for fucking Jamal Adams. I. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy because I'm I'm that fat ass laying on my laying on my fucking side watching on the football games on Sunday. But I am I there is a non zero percent chance that I can cover a tight end better than Jamal Adams. <laughs> and that's not that's not good. That's not good. That's not a, that's not good talent evaluation. He doesn't add anything creative in scheme on other on either side of the ball. And we're talking about Another guy who believes in the run game one and believes in like a strong defense. When was the last time Seattle had a good defense? Yeah, I couldn't tell you. Uh, 2014, 2015, probably. They, oh my God, I, I, God, one second. I just had the stat up too. And now my, my controller, my controller, my computer is fucking freezing up on me, but either way. There we go. So they ranked. Oh, now it's freezing again. Fantastic. Okay, so they ranked in terms of defense yardage for the last this year. 31st in yardage, 22nd yardage, 26th in yardage, 16th in 2018, 2011, 11. Like those were like the years where they had Richard Sherman and Earl Thomas and you know, Wagner and like Cliff Averill and like all these different pieces. And as soon as they're gone, it's just like they lucked into such a good roster from like one draft. And ever since it's like one or two drafts, I should say. And now it's like we're at the point where he's not evaluating talent well. Uh, he has nothing creative on offense or defense in terms of scheme. Is uh, he adds nothing in terms of like fourth down play calling or uh, or time management. Like he like he's he's not a good coach. And I'm I'm sitting here. And I understand he's a Super Bowl winning coach, but I'm here to argue that like elite quarterbacks can do that for you. Like there are coaches who are not very good coaches who have won Super Bowls, and Pete Carroll is one of them. He he is and has never been a good NFL head coach. And we're seeing that now, especially now, I should say. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Uh, there's no. What is Pete Carroll doing for you at this point? Like, inspiring a bad roster, not to win. So what? What the fuck else is the point? So. Um. Yeah. Anyway, that's another one. So. So now we're at we're one, two, three, four, five, six teams in, and we've said that you know one. To three of them, so we're at 50-50 Should should be gone, and we're, we think that the rest should at least get another year. Yeah. So, um, Chicago Bears. This is not an unpopular opinion. Matt Nagy should be gone. 
Um, yeah. There's no reason for him to be here anymore. Like, why? He's an offensive uh, – he's a former offensive coordinator that doesn't even play to his own offensive players' play strengths. Like, that's all you really need to know. Like, I he, took him the benefit of the doubt because it was Trubisky, and I was like, maybe Trubisky's holding him back, blah, 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 blah. But uh, then it's like, nah, it wasn't just that. He, he just is a bad play caller. With, there's never been a quarterback in that. Like, Mitch Trubisky's been the most successful quarterback in that system, and that's saying something. Well, I mean, granted, they had Andy Dalton and – Nick Foles but, and okay, now rookie Justin Fields. Andy Dalton, Nick, Andy Dalton and Nick Foles have had success in this league. Not granted, it's not like you know, not it's not like they like. No, of course not. But you know, it it's not one of those situations where those are quarterbacks that I'll at least say about Andy Dalton, Nick Foles. Like he just Nick Foles just caught random fucking streaks. Andy Dalton, like even last year, Andy Dalton was an average quarterback. You know, he wasn't good by any stretch of the imagination. He, he he hasn't been good for a while, but, like, he doesn't walk in and just play poorly. He's not a bad quarterback. Chicago Bears are making him a bad quarterback. But he, he he's a really bad quarterback right now uh, with Matt Nagy. And granted, not that Andy Dalton should, turn, should have turned this team around, but... He, when Mr. Visky is the number one quarterback to have come out with Matt Nagy, that's kind of, that's not great. But yeah, but that's an easy opinion. Everybody thinks Matt Nagy is going to get fired and should be fired. I don't understand why he wasn't fired prior to, prior to the season. Hey, man, oh, Ryan Pace. Yeah. yeah. Why, why is Ryan Pace still here too? No idea. All right. So now we're, all right, we're four, we're four for four for seven. Um, oh, again, you, you go ahead and take this one away. Uh, I'm actually not going to take a lot of time on this. Uh, I think it's I mean, very easy. It's a lot of redundancy. I think it's, yeah. Yeah, I think it's very easy to talk about Joe Judge and just how he's not very good. Uh, the Giants called a timeout this weekend. I don't know if you saw us, uh, Gavin. Uh, they called a timeout this week um, just so that way they didn't get a delay of game on second and 23. <laughs> In the second um, half? In the second half. Um, you know, in a close game. And not very smart. Not very smart. Because, yeah, they came uh, out and ran the ball the next play, too. They ran the ball in the very next play as well. You're yes, joking, yes. dude. I was memeing. I was memeing. <laughs> yes. Um, God. They that's, are. That, just, that just sums up. The Giants. Yeah, he doesn't. He has no sort. He, he he is the worst coach I've ever seen with handling his timeouts. And not that that's not that that's a uh, like a huge part. Like I mean, it's a it's a crucial part in being a head coach. But also like he has, you know. And I hate that there's like there's just no better way to put it because it's such a like hyper masculine thing to say. But like. He legitimately has no balls. Like, like there's no other way to put it. Like, he legitimately, like, he plays for field position more so than points. He, he punted it in the opposing, in Miami's, uh, on Miami's side of the field, three separate times where down and distance was very manageable. He had, three, like, on the, like, the surrender index, he had another punt this year. Amongst the 99 percentile in most cowardly punts it's ever it's ever recorded. Yeah, that's, uh... he and he and he does this every week. <laughs> like this isn't like a one-time thing. Like he does this every week. Like he like they should keep track of all Joe Judge's just surrender index uh, punts and then make a collage of it at the end of the year. Uh, he doesn't add anything on offense. He doesn't add anything in clock management. He doesn't add anything in aggressiveness. The only, the one thing that he's had going for him is like the players play for him, but he's in year two now and they're the exact same team as last year. So if they're not improving, like I don't really, I feel like the number one thing that you should be able to do as a head coach is get players who are making millions of dollars to try in the sport to try. 
Like that should like that should be like the number one thing that you should be able to do. Like that should be like the one thing that every head coach should be able to do. That should not be something that anybody goes, oh, we shouldn't fire Joe Judge because the guys play hard. Is that really impressive? I mean, like, should, I'm, like, like you I'm, said, it should be it should be bare bones. Like it should be bare minimum. But he's getting rewarded for for doing that, which is strange. And I get like you have a bad roster and they're playing above their means. Like he, they kind of did that last year, but their defense wasn't that great on paper, but they played well. They're not doing that so much this year, and they've really never done that on offense. Um they're they're basically the sum of their parts at this point. And if you're not making them greater than the sum of your parts, you're making bad decisions in play calling. Your philosophy's bad. You're making bad like in-game decisions in terms of like, you know, fourth down and and punting and timeouts and you know, going for two or whatever. What are what are you doing? What is what is what value are you adding? Can I, can, can I say the can I say the manageable fourth downs real quick? Yeah, yeah. So see, uh fourth fourth and two, a fourth and three, and a fourth and four. All within four yards in either direction in midfield. These are these are manageable fourth down decisions, especially in a game where you lost by uh, m- multiple scores. So, uh, and he punted all three times. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, what's the point? What is I don't the know. Point? At least you can hang your hat on the fact that by the end of this year, you should have gotten Jason Garrett and David Gettleman out of the door. But the problem is, I feel like Stop every time, yeah, every time though, the, the Giants get rid of like something bad, like a Ben McAdoo or, um, the fuck's his name. Pat Shermer, you just replace him with another dumbass. So like, wh- yeah. At a certain point, like you can keep firing the guy that's failing, but you're just replacing with more garbage. What, what are you doing differently? What what? But so you have to look up at the top and John Mara. I mean, like, he's not, he's not going anywhere, right? So no, what, no, he's he not dies, in the No, no. Uh, by the way, I was wrong. It wasn't actually a second and twenty-three run. Uh, they got sacked, and then they took another delay of games to make it third and thirty-three. So this team is just pitiful. And then ran a drop, uh, right? No. <laughs> uh, I honestly, I, I honestly don't even remember. I think I was so furious. I, was, I probably was just. I don't even yeah. know. I think I had my head in my phone, just like I, I was probably tweeting away and how angry I was on that decision. I don't even remember. Yeah. Um. Okay. Anyway, moving on. The Saints. Uh, you. You, just, you know, you're not firing Sean Payton. Right. I no, mean, no, no, no. I think we could be not... relatively quick on these next few because uh, we're getting to the teams that are starting to we're getting to like 500 territory. So we, we probably skip a couple of these teams like the Saints, Sean Payton. They're five and seven, but clearly that's not Sean Payton. I mean, Jameis got hurt. They're, You're now they're starting Trevor with... Simeon and a busted. You have to decide between Trevor Simeon and a broken uh, Taysom Hill. And it's like, yeah, which one do you go with? So, yeah, yeah. it's fair. It's not it's not on him. Falcons are terrible. They're a dumpster fire, but you have a first-year coach in Arthur Smith who has kind of seemed as one of these offensive gurus that turned around Ryan Tannehill. It's yet to be seen if that's actually true because the way this offense is being run is pretty terrible. I mean, at some points, like I mentioned last episode, the Falcons do look like the worst team in the league. So to be fair, I will say, I mean, we keep asking it every week, like how are the Falcons like hovering around 500? I'm not saying Arthur Smith's the reason why, but he definitely, like, right now, we should be looking at Arthur Smith and going, maybe something's there? Because this is a really bad team. This is a really bad team. In no way should they be one game back of a wild card. No, they're but so bad. Here we are. It doesn't make sense. They have, like, five wins. so Or six wins, or whatever it is. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, regardless, his job's safe. So, yeah. Um, it's going to be like that with most first-year head coaches. So we already talked about Matt Rule, Minnesota Vikings. Mike Zimmer should be he should be fired. I mean, it's it's a long time coming. I, I don't. He's just the oldest old-school head coach that there is, and he's not really at. I mean, other than the 
he's a good defensive coach or at least has been throughout his career where like at least his he knows how to scheme a defense and they typically play above their means i mean at this at this point he's 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 holding that offensive back to a degree where it doesn't even matter about the defense you, br- you broke up for a second on my screen are you talking about mike zimmer yeah yeah no mike zimmer needs a fucking go <laughs> i was wondering like, why I, you weren't chiming in sooner but yeah so no no that guy needs a fucking go like like that like <laughs> that dude if that dude can run the ball 45 times in a game he would yeah like he is just he's too old school like and granted like he's very very like i don't uh, credit where credit's due He's not Pete Carroll, like he's conser- as conservative as Pete Carroll, but he's legitimately like a good coach. Like he actually brings something to the table other than just being this conservative asshole. Like he's a he he can coach up a fucking defense, like That's like any saying, yeah. yeah he can coach up a damn good defense. And uh, I mean not to. I'll have to really look at all their drafts, but like just for like just the top of my head. I mean, he's drafted Adam Phelan. Yeah, drafted Adam Phelan late. He drafted Justin Jefferson. He they had Daniel Hunter. Uh, you know, the Daniel Her- Hunter. Yeah, Her- like Hendricks, he like he's Harrison Smith. I don't know if he drafted Harrison Smith, but yeah, they they've they've got some guys. Like they've had a talented roster over the years, and like a lot of that, Mike Zimmer deserves credit for. The thing is, like we're at the point where this conservative nature of Mike Zimmer, like we're he's not pushing the envelope anymore. Like he's not like the, he's not capable of getting them over to hump. And it's kind of the same with like Kirk cousins, like Kirk cousins isn't really capable of that either. I think it's one of those situations where they kind of just, they need to move on from the head coach and uh, head coach and Kirk cousins. And they just thank them for their time. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what they are with something else. Uh, they just need to get to the 20. Uh, they need to get to 2021 really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And but yeah. So all right. Well, the next team is Miami Dolphins. Now you have your opinion about Brian Flores. Um, yeah, I I don't. He's think not a he's great a coach, coach, right? But do you think he should or will be fired after this year? No, no. I mean, they've won five straight. They've won five straight. They have a horrendous offensive line, and and. Credit where credit's due, like Tua seemingly seems improved every single week, despite that offensive line. I don't know who to give credit to. I don't know if that's Flores. Maybe I was too tough on Flores. I don't know. I personally don't see anything like great in Flores. I think he's just one of those guys who, you know, uh, is a Belichick guy who gets his guys to play hard for him, and he's a very good defensive-minded coach. Um, but with that said. Um, no, he will not get fired, nor should he even be on the hot seat. Uh, they gotta see where they, they gotta see where this goes. Cause despite my criticisms of him, of being like a conservative coach and just like not really knowing what to fucking say in the media, uh, he's horrible with the media. They've won five straight. They're close to 500. Uh, they might make the playoffs for the second year in a row under him. And this will be the first time that they've made the playoffs two years in a row. And like, think in my lifetime in our lifetime really I, I i don't i don't remember the last time they've done that uh somebody fact checked me on that but i don't uh, know when the last time miami was good i couldn't tell you ryan Tannehill had like a good season but and then before that what when they were fucking running the wildcat <laughs> that's the last time miami was good i mean yeah i'm just trying to think like i know they made the playoffs with Tannehill one year uh and before i believe that, I they only really they won the division that one time um back i don't no they haven't no. they haven't made the playoffs two years in a row since oh i don't know about two years oh, okay okay so uh no they made the playoffs from 97 through 2001 five years in a row uh so that was right when we were born um <laughs> and then so so they haven't had they haven't had consecutive winning seasons since 2000 and 2001 in terms of like playoff appearances, I should say. And they might get it. They might get it this year. Uh, and Ryan Fitzpatrick and like an injured Tua with like Jacoby Brissett sprinkled in. Like, I mean, th- that is at least 
good. You know, yeah, like, it's 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 notable. Like he 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 deserves his flowers in that sense. Um, and uh, moving on to Nick Sirianni. I mean, first year he's the Eagles are better than anybody thought. He's gonna get he's gonna get a second year. I I don't think there's anything much to add from that. Yeah, Vic um, Fangio. Vic Fangio, he's. I don't. I I don't think he should be a head coach. I mean, I don't know if he's on the hot seat, but I just don't see what he. I mean, like he he can coach up a good defense, but again, like, be a defensive coordinator. Like that dude has had some of the best defenses in NFL history, but at the end of the day, it's like, what is that? What value are you adding as a head coach? I get what value you add as a defensive coordinator. What are you doing as a head coach that makes me think you should keep your job? But then again, the Broncos aren't like a putrid team, so I don't think he'll he'll leave. But I think I think he I think he very well might be fired after this year. Um, I I I'm personally leaning towards he will get fired. I think I think the nail in the coffin might have been picking Patrick Sertain. And granted, Patrick Sertain's been awesome, but what is there to really keep Fangio there? Like they very well can still finish with a losing record. They are six and six right now, so they could win. They could have a winning record, but. There's nothing to really ride home about that future w- under Fangio unless they like trade for like a Rodgers or like uh, a Russell Wilson. But, but even they then, you, for- you want a young guy that can run an offense that can take advantage of those weapons. And if you have a good quarterback, you know, somehow, um, yeah, they just- Teddy Bridgewater, big Fangio is not going to provide that added value. No, I don't, I don't think so either. I, I, he should just be a great defensive coordinator, and that should be the end of it. Um, Raiders, they already Gruden's already gone. Uh, I don't expect. Uh, do you even know? Do you know how to say the Raiders coach's name? I don't even know, I don't how even to, know say his it. Name, to be honest. I know he's an interim coach. I don't know his name. So it's I, I. I'm trying to. I'm trying to piece it together in my mind. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm looking up the spelling right now because I do not want to. Do not want to butcher it. Uh, God, why is my computer being so fucking slow right now? No, I don't want 2016 Raiders stats. I want the 2021 <laughs> oh my God. interim All right. coach. Let me see if I can get it faster. Raiders interim coach is oh Basakia. Is that it? Yeah, Rich Basakia. Or Basacha. I don't know how the fuck. But yeah, Rich, Rich, whatever. Um, yeah, no, I he's who knows. I mean, who knows? I mean, I doubt he's a head coach. I mean, he was very excited to become a head coach, but, you know, whatever. Uh, everybody left. Uh, there's really nobody else to talk about in terms of standings. To, uh, I guess the one person that really comes to mind is... I mean, no, Zach Taylor, really I, think Zach, I think the Bengals are good enough to where Zach... Zach Taylor was in the hot seat. I think he's bought himself some oh, yeah. time this season. No, if they, if they make the playoffs, he stays. Like that's it. He's yeah. they, he, if they finish like five hundred or above, he's. I think he's probably staying. I mean, the Bengals don't like to fire people. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think I think that's really it. Yeah, I mean, as far as firings, that you know, like I don't know. I guess one last thing is like, I guess they're 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 worse than we thought they were going to be this year, but they still made the playoffs last year, and they probably will again. Um, well, I don't know about probably. They may do it again. What kind of leash does Ron Rivera have in Washington? Oh, his he has a, he has a super long leash. That's what I that's what I figured. As far as because he was the guy that come in and changed the culture, and I feel like specifically with that franchise, like we've talked about, that that is important. Um, but I don't know how many how many more losing seasons though does he get before he gets the can? I mean, the Carolina gave him fucking goddamn 10 years almost so i mean he's six and six right now so they don't even have a losing record right now uh i don't know what the, their remaining schedule is but if they even finish close to 500 with taylor haneke and like you know chase young obviously towards acl and you know i i think they'll try and let him draft a quarterback uh ryan fitzpatrick being down like it it's yeah I think I think they're gonna give they're gonna they're gonna give him a chance to find his quarterback, and if he can't produce with that quarterback, then I think that's gonna be the end of him. But who knows how? I think his leash is super long. I mean, that 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 can be another like that could be like a three year process, to be honest. 
it's true. And okay, last one, I promise. It does it suck for the Cowboys that they have a good enough roster to where like what has to happen for Mike McCarthy to leave? Do they just have to have like one disappointing season like where they're constantly underperforming or like because he's not in danger right now because they're obviously they're no. contenders in the NFC. So no, he's 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 safe probably until like his last days there. Like, like I mean, obviously, I mean, that was such a stupid thing to say. He's safe until his last days there. Uh, <laughs> uh, what I mean is like he's safe there until like really like they actually like fall off. Like Jason Garrett, like, they gave him the longest leash possible and he was putting in like eight and eight seasons. Three in a row. Like as long as as long as he's like around that like Jason Garrett line, like maybe it's different. Like maybe if he ends up like like nine and eight or eight and nine in the next two years, and like Kellen Moore is getting like head coaching buzz, maybe that's where like Jerry's like, okay, you're not that good. Uh, I'm gonna just gonna promote Kellen Moore, but I don't know. I mean, how how do you how do you fire a guy when? Your one thing that you care about is like wins and losses, and they're eight and four, and they're very well probably going to end up with like a 11, 12 win season. I don't know. I just that's what I'm saying. Like, it sucks for the Cowboys fans because, like, I don't know a Cowboys fan that likes Mike McCarthy, but unfortunately, the roster's good enough to keep his job safe. I mean, his kind of happened in Green Bay a little bit too. Which Kellen Moore, Kellen Moore is an offense. He's an awesome offensive coordinator and he very well is probably saving his job. And then whenever he ends up leaving, if Jerry Jones doesn't hire him from within, then that's when you might find out. That's when you might get the leash tightened a little bit when you start underperforming because Kellen Moore is not there. So, yeah. All right, let's get to our uh, Thursday night matchup. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's um something someone at Vikings. It's a great podcasting. I don't remember what the. It's uh, Steelers at Vikings. Vikings are favored by three points. See, this sucks because the Vikings just lost to the Lions, and the Vikings just or the and the Steelers just beat the Ravens. So there's that like momentum going the opposite direction. Um, but I don't know. It's only three points. So he said, I... "God, the Steelers suck so bad," but. It is the it is the Vikings and uh, I don't know. I'm almost just tempted to say this is going to be a field goal game and I'm just going to take. Ugh, I'm just going to take the Steelers to cover it. Yeah, you and Peachman are picking the Steelers. Connor and I are picking the Vikings. I just think, you know, I don't know. Both these teams just keep playing weird games. Like the, and... like the Vikings or the, the Steelers Chargers game was one of those where I just like, yeah, it ended up being some high scoring shootout. And I don't think, I don't know, but this is just like, I think this is like a squeaky wheel gets to grease uh, in this situation. And I think the, I think the Vikings just play a lot better this week coming off a loss against Detroit. I think they just, they're just overall a better team. And I, think they won't just play down their competition this week. Uh, and honestly, like Pittsburgh being Baltimore, I mean, I've said it, put the fork in them. They're not a good team, and they're only getting worse because uh, worse Marlon Humphrey's out for the year now. I don't think beating the Ravens is, like, some sort of, like, huge accomplishment. I don't – I like the Steelers are not a good team. Like, they, they have – you know, they have a pretty solid defense and a horrendous, horrendous, horrendous offense. So, I don't – I don't know what to really say other than I just think Minnesota overall, on paper, roster-wise, better team. Can I see the Steelers winning just because that's what Mike Tomlin seems to do? Of course. But in what I'm going to bet, I'm betting Minnesota, and I, I think they'll win fairly easily. But, you know, I also it said is that. Minnesota. It is Minnesota. So yeah, exactly. Know. Yeah, exactly. Sure, uh, I sure did say Detroit's th- money line. I did say Denver was the easiest pick of last week, nine and a half, and they only scored fucking nine points against the Chiefs. So that's cool. Didn't it? Yeah. Was the final score like 20 to it, 22 I think, to nine? I think it was, 
Yeah, yeah. So, I thought it was an easy pick too because the Chiefs haven't blown anyone out, and is twenty-two to nine really a blowout? No, but it's it sucked. No, no, the Chiefs didn't even like look good. It's just the Broncos somehow looked worse. Yeah. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah, it is bullshit. And Vegas fucking sucks. We all had a bad week, but anyways, um, we'll bounce back. Um, as always, guys. You know, thanks for listening, and we'll be back. We'll be back Friday for our picks. Peace. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Peace out.